Welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? Doing all right, man. Uh, make sure those cell phones are away. I don't want to find anybody. I don't want to um, have to deal with another controversy, so we'll put those to the side. <laughs> what a controversy it was, too. A hilarious yeah. controversy <laughs> in which... Two days later now, people that were okay with it a couple days ago are fired up. I love it. I love nothing more than when the flyby media stops in. And, you know, the ones that never cover the Pirates ever unless they do something embarrassing. And then all of a sudden they all come out of the woodwork. They got an opinion on everything, right? Yeah, it's funny how that works here. Um, They don't exist until it benefits them for it to exist and then they're all over it it's crazy but i think jim we we kind of started talking about something and i'm going to also welcome to the show jim james littleton who finally was able to get on he had a a computer difficulty that he overcame and uh jim all you missed was pleasant or james i always do that when you guys are on together james and jim it bothers the hell figure it out i'll call him west virginia man look at him I'll call him John Denver right now. <laughs> anyway, James Littleton is with us too. And that's good because what we're going to talk about first is is spending in the new year. You know, in 2023, you often hear people, they like to deliver those ultimatums, Jim. You love those ultimatums. They come out with, if they don't spend at least this much, I'm out. It's over for me if... If I if Nutting doesn't spend seventy million in twenty twenty three, then they never cared from the start. I mean, what do you really expect them to spend next year? Where? You know what I mean? Like, what are our our, our real realistic expectations? We don't know what Bob Nutting's plans are. All we have is history, and he has not spent. You know, <laughs> we've seen this team spend up to the hundred teens. Okay. Let's count in inflation by the time. This is all maxed out. If he stays as cheap as he is one thirty ish, right? That's probably the ceiling. So next year, what do we want them to spend and where do we want them to spend it? Go ahead, Jim. All right. Well, you know, there's, 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 there's different elements to this is, you know, um, you're dealing with what you'd like to see them spend. What's going to be available out there on the market. You know, it, it, it just this off season, as far as free agents go. Sure. You know, and so that's a big part of it too. And, um, then the question of, is it time for them to really spend even if they wanted to, which as we all know, we'll see. Um, I look at it like this. I think very simply, I would look at wanting to at least add at the bare minimum, 
a reliever with some real pedigree and something offensively to help supplement all these guys we're trying out prospect-wise that we all know aren't going to make it. So you're and, going even more vague than I thought you would. You know, well, by that I thought you'd actually kind of have some pinpoint positions. First base, yeah. first base. I think I'd love to see something. I just think that I I get what they're trying to do with Madras. I like Chavis, but when I start thinking of them in terms of really trying to compete, even if that's in two years. What what is what is on the way there? Right, you know, James. So, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you've said a lot. You don't care if they spend this year. <laughs> you kind of don't even want them to. Now, some people will take that as that's a defense mechanism because you don't expect them to spend, so you don't want to get egg on your face. So you're just going to come out and say that's your expectation. I know you well enough to know that's actually what you think. So. Do you want them to spend any money? And if so, where? For next year? Yeah. Um, yes. I wouldn't mind them spending some money. And Jim alluded to first base. Um, what I would like to see them do is go after like Trey Mancini, a right-handed bat with some power to it. Um, I could I mean, I don't think he would cost super too much money. I think they could get him. I mean, he turned down a pretty hefty option. I think he's going to so. get. I think he's going to get a pretty nice deal, James. But I, I, I like where your head's at. Though. I love that. I love that name. I think he'd be great in Pittsburgh. I think obviously, um, but that would be really, really pie in the sky for me. I, I would hope. Regardless, that this is what we want, not what year. we think they'll do, right? Yeah, yeah. That's an important distinction. Want what we'd like them to do, not what we think they'll do. Right. Go ahead, James. Sorry. That's okay. I love Trey Mancini, by the way. So, um, uh, Gary, you, you mentioned, or somebody mentioned a reliever. Was that you, Jim? Um, yeah, I, obviously they're not going to go out and get like Edwin Diaz. His, that's just, uh, the name I wrote down was maybe like a Michael Fulmer somewhere in there. I mean, he's yeah, something like that. Um, and then they're not going to spend a whole lot. I mean, some of the payroll is going to go up just because a bunch of guys are hitting arbitration. So that's going to increase some, uh, but I thought they got to get a catcher somewhere. Um, I would prefer they not do. Yeah. I think, I think uh, that's the thing. All these positions, they're going to revolve around catcher first base reliever. They're going to have to get a starter. So I, to me, they already have like a four deep shopping list that yeah, I don't even I, know that I consider option. I, I know a lot of people. Well, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but some people on Twitter keep saying they need to get spend twenty million dollars on a starter, and I mean that's just I don't see it. I mean, I can see starters out there that they would want, but I just don't think they'll pay for them. Um, but yeah, that's really what to do it. But I just that's don't really see it, yeah. I know, like, like as we sit here and we talk about want, but I think that that's so unrealistic that I've kind of pushed it off to the side, even though I think they clearly could use it, need it. Um, but, yeah, like, 
if you could, it, you know, and I, and I stayed away from catcher a little bit cause I know we're going to jump into that a little bit anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, catcher's just so obvious at this point that they've got to do, they've got to do something. Um, but I, you know, if there's a guy out there and you can jump on him a year early and you're going to try to sign someone to a three or four year deal or a five year deal, well, that's still going to fit plenty in a window and it will really help in the, in the part of maybe trying to expedite things a little bit. I just think we're at that point where we need to do that somewhat. I just don't want to sit back and wait and wait and wait. If you're right, going to sign somebody for some money. Here. Okay. Sorry. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back. We're going to pick up a little bit more of this conversation because I don't think I really gave too many of my thoughts. Yeah, we just rambled here. And uh, there's a couple things about this that I really want to talk about. Pirates fan forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. We're going to pick up our conversation talking a little bit more about whether Pirates need to spend some money. And I I started out saying I thought there was four positions they kind of have no choice but to to do something about. Um, Reliever, I think they need a lefty reliever specifically. They need a starter. I'd prefer it to be a lefty. I'm not sure they'll be available on the market. Um, They need a catcher. A starter i think they probably already have their sights set on roberto perez for that i'd prefer they they upgrade that and go get a tucker barnhart or omar narvaez somebody like that who i think they could probably afford to grab for a couple years but uh there's a lot of uh places they can spend money there's some places they they really shouldn't spend money <laughs> like i don't want to see them go out and get a middle infielder <laughs> like for real you know what i mean i don't want to see them go out and get a third baseman i don't want to see them go out and get an outfielder at all because i'd rather use my internal options at outfield right now i at least need to filter through them and that's gonna take next year we haven't even seen travis swaggerty do anything yet you know he's getting a shot so how do you justify spending in certain areas like I can tell you if I spend five, six million dollars on an outfielder, I can make this team better next year. But I also might not get to see enough of Jack Sawinski or enough of Travis Swaggerty or any of Kanan Smith and Jigba. Or what about Matt Gorski and Matt Frazier and Cal Mitchell? We're already running out of room for these guys. How do you justify those two things? James, I'll start with you because I think this is where you're going when you talk about not wanting to spend a lot of money next year. Yeah, I mean, they're they're going to have to sort through a lot of players. Um, if they were going to sign an outfielder, which, like you said, I don't think they should, I would prefer to be Gamble as a fourth outfielder. Uh, but like you said, they've got a ton of outfielders to sort through. Um, I don't even think you mentioned Bay who who can play center i didn't know yeah, right. so i mean they've got a lot a lot to sort through 
And it's going to take. Yeah, that's with me not even counting Marcano as an outfielder, and I yeah, and, kind of maybe should. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's going to be his best chance to get the most playing time. Um, but there's they're going to have to use the rest of this this season. They've got the rest of August, all of September, and for me, use next season to sort through who they really want to move forward with and who they're going to use as trading chips either this off season or next off season to plug holes. Um, right. Because they've got to, they've got to so Jim, when I suggest positions though, like if I yeah. say, I want to get a starter, I'm, I say that because I don't see anything that they'd be holding up right now. You know, like, yeah, I want to see more Michael Burrows. Yeah. I want to see Cody Bowles. Okay. Starting pitcher. You mean, okay. yeah, but let, like, let, if you go out and spend on a starting pitcher, you're not hurting anybody's progress. All you're doing is pushing somebody to the bullpen or out of the rotation that got beaten out. That's all. That's what you're supposed to want to do, right? No, I, I, I would hope that they would be at least open to it. I don't think they're going to go the big, huge route like James was uh, talking about, also saying that they weren't going to do that. Uh, you know they're not just—they're just not going to go out and sign some like top end guy. But if you can find someone that you think is a really good value and a really good middle of the rotation guy, I, I mean, I would do it. You know, um, the here—here's the other part of all this is like it, and I mentioned this in the first segment. It's like at some point you got to start trying to actually compete before i mean every year you do this you're wasting a year you're wasting a year of hayes you're wasting a year of reynolds okay now we're getting the bullpen figured out if you're not ready next year well then all of a sudden does that carry over to the next season if you think holderman and yeri and bednar are legit and that you know but how long does that last and you're kind of saying exactly what i said right there you have there has to come a point where you spend and you should want to improve your team tangibly to win this year how do you balance that thought with the very real need to work through these prospects is what i'm trying to get at yeah it's a hard question to answer it really is yeah i mean and then on top of it you've got a division that probably next year is going to be eminently winnable, uh, you know. So here we are again. It's like I just feel like at some point, you know, the old saying, you know, do your business or get off the pot. I, I just I want to start doing that. I, I I just feel like every year is a waste to try to keep the little bit that you have going and got together to keep it together enough to get to the next year. That's a lifetime in baseball. Like, so, right. you know, like narrow it down, narrow it down to the positions we're talking about. Put it, put your best foot forward. If you still believe in your plan, great. It's there and it's ready for the stuff you say is coming anyway. Yeah. And you can That's, always move these guys. But to me, I guess James, where I'll go with it next is the time to do that. If you were going to do this, uh, Let's make it fun for the fans. Let's actually try to win. Let's build a winning culture. That's, to me, something that should have happened in 2021. 
they should have gone out and bought some free agents, not unlike the, the Reds just did. And they slowly were quietly rebuilding their system in the background while they had all those guys, traded them off, got another glut in, and now I think they're probably pretty close to entering the stage we're just entering next year where you're loaded with a bunch of kids you're probably still not going to be good but you're on the rise that's how quickly they turned it over because they spent in 2020 yes you know what i mean yes so to me it's an option to go that route the pirates forego that option and just went with a straight tear down rebuild so here we are to the point where spending like that you'd be an idiot because you're wasting everything that you just built I've to got, die on the vine. Yeah. I've got a really good friend who's a Reds fan and I can tell you, he's not a fan of what they've done. <laughs> uh, he's a, he's a diehard and I prefer I'm the just total. watching it from afar. Man. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of what Charrington did with the total reach, just the total tear down, go from scratch. You can, you maximize your, the higher draft pick like the reds. I don't know what, where they finished last year, but I don't, I know they, I don't remember where they drafted, but I preferred getting the, the top draft picks. You have more choice like last year where Charrington got Davis to sign under, under slot and then uh, stocked up. I prefer that route. than buying all these or getting all these big name guys and then having to sell them off. That's just my personal preference. Um, I thought last I year it. was, I understand my, my friend, my, I bring it up in this fashion because Jim, it's a conversation we've had multiple times. We always like to say there, this isn't the way it had to be. Yeah. They could yeah. have done this another way. Well, this is kind of what I'm talking about. I believe they had to move on from that core and like, and completely tear some things away. But there's no reason they couldn't have gone out in free agency and bought some guys and like made it a better team on the way, right? All you're missing is the low draft picks then. You're still getting all these pieces in. You can still trade these people. Yeah. Yeah, and that that was that was see and, and James is okay with how they're doing it. I've always felt it was conveniently the cheapest way to do it. And when you deal with Bob Nutting and the Pirates, you know, there's that element to it that you just can't, you know, dismiss. And so, yeah, I would have loved to have seen them along the way. Now, if you're going to tell me they're going to spend all this money they've been saving in payroll here, then I'll buy it. But, you know, I, that, that, <laughs> that's the I've funny seen. thing, man, because the, the point that I always bring up in this whole thing is, Never once have I trusted Bob Nutting to spend it one dime more than he ever did accounting for inflation. I've no. always said that. And the reason no, like, I've said it is because why would I? I'm not dumb. I'm not, you know, I don't trust him to spend that. Now, I've also believed that Ben Charrington was under the impression that he was going to be able to spend more if he spent less now. That doesn't mean that I have to believe he was told the truth. I hope they had a really nuanced, detailed conversation about what some of that stuff meant and uh, to each of them. Because if not, 
Well, to, <laughs> to the point of the whole thing, I, I think we'll find out when we talk about like that spending glut that, that we want to see you, you guys all want to see Padres ask spending. And I'm just, I don't see that ever happening, but no. let's say there is some magic coffer being saved and he's got like an extra 50 mil so they can kick it up to like 180 or something. O- okay. I'll buy it. I'll be like, okay, I-, I see the vision now. I get what you did. But if there is no savings coffer thing to me, this is just unnecessary suffering for fans. I, with with a chance at a few high draft picks, but then if you're going to play games and not get the top of talent available, then I don't know. I I have faith in not not in Bob Nutting because I don't. I don't think anybody does. But I do believe that Charrington wouldn't have come here without some assurances. And I have faith in that. Um Obviously, Nutting can go back on that. He's the owner, and I mean, he—I just don't think BC would have come here and said, "Hey, I want to do a total teardown, rebuild." But when we get, when we're ready to compete, we're going to need some money, and I just don't think he would have done it I, unless he had some assurances. I think he would have been a little because bit more the in demand. Than that. Is that the alternative is that he is such a masochist. <laughs> That he wanted, he wanted to take a job and prove to baseball that he could tear down something and create a system in his own vision and win the damn World Series without with the cheapest owner in the game. And I, I just, it's hard for me to fathom that anybody would go into a job thinking that's the way they're going to go about it. I, I know I, everybody I, thinks they're better at stuff than other people, but like, come on now. Like, there had to have been some kind of a handshake and a smile. That's why I can completely believe he thinks that's happening. I can completely believe that I need to see it. But I don't think I'm going to find that out this offseason one way or the other. You get what I mean? I mean, if they they could sign somebody. And and when I say I don't want, I don't care if they spend, I don't. But if they do spend, I'm okay with it as long as they're signing somebody for me to a four-year deal to get them at least through 26 when I think they will be really competitive in 25, 26. So as long as you cover that time frame, I'm fine with them spending now. It's just, to me, it's not, if it doesn't happen, I'm okay. Now next season is a whole different story after 23. But for me right now, if they sign somebody, great, just four-year deal. It, yeah, and, and see that that's where it's like, you know, you, you think about it in terms of just logically taking, you know, just thinking about in terms of baseball, you're like, we're talking about a team that hasn't even extended Brian Reynolds yet. You know, we we gotta get that. They gotta get that done. And then so now we're talking about like, yeah, I'd love to go out and get Trey Mancini and sign him to a four or five year deal, and I think it would take at least that much to get it done. But now we're talking about this team carrying Brian Hayes' contract, Brian Reynolds' contract. You're going to go out and, and, and carry Trey Mancini's contract for a team that I don't. I just don't know. I, I just find it hard to believe that they're going to do those things. I, I, I really do. Um, I don't know, guys. What do you, I mean, do you, when, you, when, you, when you start listing it like that, does that, is that something that you can buy? I mean, I can. 
I, I think Liriano was a pretty big contract for a free agent lefty. He was what three thirty nine, three for thirty nine. But they didn't even pay it all. No, they sold it off. They didn't pay it all because he <laughs> fell off a cliff and they couldn't hang a, a pitcher they couldn't throw anymore. Well, they said, right, but what I'm saying is, is like so now all of a sudden we're going from that kind of situation to them carrying three or four of those guys. I, man, I just I I. I mean, it's been a it's decade. a big. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's, well, yeah, it's been a decade, but I mean, that's both. That's sad in a way too, though, you know, like, so I, I just, it's such a leap for me to think that we're going to be in that territory um, with Bob Nutting. I just, I hope I'm entirely wrong. I mean, I look at contracts that were carried like Polanco and Marte and McCutcheon you know, and they were paying Walker some money there towards the end. And, you know, AJ Burnett wasn't cheap and Liriano wasn't cheap. We saw the payroll go up. I think that's what we'll see. I really I think like that includes a, a free agent here and there. I really like in, how in they uh, structured uh, Hayes's contract. They sort of free, free uh, or front loaded it a little bit. So, cause it goes yeah, down 10 million this year, right away. And I think it's 10 next year. And then it goes down to like yeah. eight or something like that. So I, I yeah, mean, there was some people trying to parse it into seeing the window visually in his contract, you know, um, the low years or, or when Charrington thinks he'll be competing. It's, it is, it is interesting the way they it's did a it good, because it, it is, peaks it, back at the end. It's a, a very good point, James, to bring up that depending on how you want to, how you, how you want to look at that is maybe they've given themselves some flexibility there. Um, but you know, like overall, and I don't, I don't, I just don't want, I don't want to be too pessimistic here. I just, man, let's like, like get that Reynolds deal done, at least get that done. And so then maybe we can start talking about how do we bridge, how do we bridge this and maybe speed it up a little bit next year that's what i would like them to do i just man until it happens it's just so hard to really count on it i'm confused now are you talking about you don't think they'll do it this off season or are you saying you don't think they'll ever do it because i was taking it as ever when i was talking before not this off season yeah i think i i i mean i question both i really do yeah see ever i don't question as much because i've seen them do it I, I, I think they'll do it again. But do I think that we're to a point where they're going to completely change the philosophy? No. And I'll be honest. I don't think that they have the administrators that know how to do that. <laughs> I really don't. I don't think they have the type of team that knows how to bring in a free agent and not screw them up. I, that, that's a big concern. And I'll tell you what, though. You know, they, they, they talked a lot about this whole thing about what they learned from this last time of getting close, what Bob Nutting learned. Well, <laughs> this leads you know, right you, in to call your shot. <laughs> you got, <laughs> you got to be able, I mean, let's, let's see how much because they got close and I don't think that they just, they, I think they just were scared to really go for it a little bit and we'll see. We'll see if the, if the, if they really have learned from that. Yeah, I don't think so. And I and the reason I don't think so is because I don't think that any fans, including you, apparently, 
remember exactly what happened at the end of that season that tore that team apart. So there was an awful lot of uncontrollables in that box. Which team, though? We're talking about the whole time through it, though. Or at least I am. If the window was supposed to, to stick till 16, they needed some things to go their way. And they didn't. I mean, AJ retiring was a dagger. And a guy that we had for all of two months, we cry about like we had him for 10 years and let him slip through our fingers and Jay Happ <laughs> for two months. He was a free agent. He signed a place that was going to pay him way more than the Pirates were ever going to offer him. Sure. Liriano fell off the face of the earth. Never to be found again until he resurrected his career as a reliever for the Pirates years and years later. There was just an awful lot of bad that happened there. And Andrew McCutcheon had the worst season of his career in 2016. <laughs> it was god-awful. Yeah. Starling Marte got pinged for PD. You know, like, things just fell apart on them, too. On well, top felt... of being cheap. Sure. The, that, and that's just it, is like... You're talking in other words, about... I don't think $15 million more than was going to save that, is my point. All right, Jim, so I think, so I understand. I'm talking about ever. You're kind of talking about both ever and right now. So I get where you're coming from. I just think that we've seen them do it in the past. We'll see them do it to a certain degree again. 2023 to me, I feel like we just have too many prospects to go through to be investing big dollars anywhere outside of some place where I don't think will be populated soon, like first base or catcher. Yeah. I mean, probably the other, the only other distinction I would make is back then is we were kind of doing it, making those uh, extensions and stuff with our homegrown guys. And so like, aside from doing something really early with Cruz, that's not really part of this equation, right? We've got, Hayes locked up. Um, so that would be the only small distinction. I just, I feel like if we can just target, hey, I would take this offseason, I would take, go out, let's fortify that bullpen some more, get that lefty. And if that doesn't work out, then go get, then go get a right-hander one and let's shorten these games. And I wish I trusted their free agent um, acquisitions fully. They've had some good success, like Tyler Anderson was really good. Quintana really turned out well. Heath Henry was a total stinker. Like, he was. And, I, well, I'm just saying, like, they have taken some swings. Mm-hmm. They've just had some misses, too, you know. And, like, watching Greg Allen, like, this last couple weeks, man, it would have been nice if he had been around all year. It would have been really cool to have an answer about him going into three more years of arbitration because we talk about maybe like go out and get a gamble for a couple of years. Well, isn't that kind of what Allen is? Only a switch hitter, maybe a little more upside, really. 
Yeah, Alan, or I'm sorry, Gamble, um, yeah, I'm partial to the guy. I like how he plays. I think he's very Pittsburgh, whether he whether he knows it or not. But uh, No, he is. He's great. Yeah. Um, Gamble has a, a, a little bit more pop, I think, obviously. And then they just flashed, you know, how good he's been with, with runners in scoring position um, all year. I mean, like really, really good. And so, you know, whether that carries over to another year, sometimes that's hard to count on. But um, for a team that's lacking a veteran and and, and struggles to, to, to score runs a little bit, yeah, I, I'm partial to him around, but I get what you're saying, Gary. It would have been nice to at least have seen from the beginning. Yeah, so I'll tell you what, guys. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back. Let's do Call Your Shot because I think it's going to lead us into – Another pretty interesting conversation, and I got to get to Billy Joel, so we got to hurry up. <laughs> All right, and we're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Jim Stam, James Littleton, spirited conversation we just had about Billy money. Joel. Yeah, spending money always always keeps us really, you know, melancholy and quiet. We never get passionate about that at all. Um, but let's do call your shot. Go ahead, boys. Play the intro. All right. Call your shot. This week is from the pirate queen Banshee. And she says the lack of foresight into building a reliable catching position has been disastrous. Do you think the pirates learned anything from this seemingly impulsive trade and will can this be noticeably detrimental to the start of next season. She's obviously talking about the Jacob Stallings trade. Um, I don't want to try to guess what she means entirely, but to me, I take it as trading Jacob Stallings when you didn't have another catcher ready might not have been the smartest thing in the world. And James, I'll let you have a crack at it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tee you up a little bit. Okay, thanks. It, trading Quintana without having another starter in the pipe ready that you were willing to use is along the same kind of lines, right? Yeah, um, it's a it's similar. I don't I don't have a problem with the Stallings trade. Um, they tried to address it. They thought they had it addressed, even though I didn't like the signing. And you're well aware of that, that I wasn't a fan of the whole Perez $5 million for a guy coming off shoulder surgery. I just didn't think it would work. I thought he'd get hurt again and he got hurt again, not the shoulder, but I mean, so I think they'll, he's made a a lot of us prognosticators look smart. I get it. Yeah. I think they'll try to do the same thing again this off season. Um, I do think they will maybe bring back Stallings when he gets non-tendered in Miami. They're familiar with oh, him. Wow. I'm, I'm calling that James, now. Wow. James bomb incoming. I'm calling that now <laughs> He's going to get non-tendered. They're familiar with him. The pitching staff likes him. Um, I think they'll bring him back. I, I, for, for I didn't year. even consider that James. That's dude, dude, you just blew my mind. mind. You just blew my, see, this is why we have, people on because we're not smart enough to think of that stuff <laughs> well, i mean he's think, been Jim? horrible I mean, this year he's going to get non-tender I, yes. 
Yeah. We already discussed the Cantana trade, you know, and I personally hadn't considered really the stupidity of not having another starter in the pipeline, you know, to the point where we're stretching out Tyler Beatty on the fly. Um, What do you think? Do you think they'll learn from that? Or do you think that they just considered the catching position, the price of doing business and they got what they wanted? Yeah. I mean, the problem is whether they've learned from it or not, they're just in a tough spot now because you're scrambling to still try to figure that out. Perez is an unknown. Maybe Stallings comes back in the picture, which by the way, I I don't mind. I don't mind that actually at all. Or maybe God, I wish they could just do both of them. Um, <laughs> but, but wouldn't that be something after all this, if they had, if they ended up with both of them next year. Um, but Hey, you know, you're, you want to talk about being able to try to handle some of these pitchers and it's important to have catchers that can do it. Yeah. You, you, how many are we on now? Eight, seven, Feels you know, that way. It's yeah. at, at some point you can't talk about how important it is to have uh, good catching behind guys and helping develop a staff. And then you're doing this stuff. And then to further complicate all this is, is now Henry Davis with yeah. him getting hurt and, you know, pushing things back and, you know, he's got some, this has really, really pushed him back. I think, um, you know, we, we, at one point, or at least I was at one point hopeful that he was going to be healthy enough and push things enough to maybe you start seeing him next year, or even have a shot out of tri- uh, spring training. I mean, on the other hand, Andy might be flying right past him. Yeah, true. Very, very true. But um, next year, I think they're in kind of a, a similar situation. I, I totally don't, so, agree. So whether you've learned from it or not, I'm not sure what you can do about it. You've already I mean, when, kind of made that decision. When the trade happened, when they traded Stallings, I remember you and I had the show. We, we talked about it. We were both a little dumbfounded by it. Both liked the return. Mm-hmm. But we both felt, okay, but you've screwed the catching position now for two years. That you, claimed is, right? that you claimed is very important. Yeah, and I guess, like, to me, I, you got to give to get. I get that. Thompson has certainly given them enough this year, innings-wise, and he's done okay. You know, I like Kyle Nicholas. I like Scott. Yeah. You know, they could all be great players here. Who knows? But, man, you really kind of made – things a lot more difficult than they needed to be at a position one of the few mind you that was sewn up it sounds to me like they've all they almost got things happened very fast on that front and they felt it was too good to pass up and they were just going to worry about it later and they wanted to add the pitching they needed you know which anybody that's listened to this show for these last you know as long as we've been on, we've talked about the pitching and how, how they did need to catch it up. So it probably shouldn't surprise us that they jumped on it. Um, but yeah, it's left them in a real bind, you know? And- so to answer the question and, and really kind of wrap things up here tonight, I don't know that, I don't know that we can say that they're, they're going to learn from it because I think they're probably happy with the results and feel like they had some bad luck. 
And I could say it's it's kind of hard for you to blame bad luck when it was so eminently predictable how it would turn out. But uh, okay, I can believe that you thought he'd be healthy. I guess my point all along was if you trade somebody that has been that sure for you, you better make sure you're still sure. So you get somebody that's injury prone, get a good backup. And they didn't. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, just to, just to add one more thing there is like, whatever they're going to have to do there, you know, they're going to try to do it short term fix. They, 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 or whether it's a Henry Davis situation or an Andy, Andy Rodriguez situation is that's what they want. So we're again, kind of in that same boat, right? Where we're trying to patch it. However it happens. I, I mean, I will say they got three coming. If you count Abraham Gutierrez too. And, you know, according to Craig from talking to some of the pitchers, um, they like throwing to him the best. So like, you know, we may end yeah. up with with a, a defensive catcher and a DH and a second baseman out of those three, for all we know. So, um, what's important is do the bats play and when they actually get here. I think tail end of twenty twenty three, you can start thinking about one or two of those being being realistic as far as getting a cup of coffee, at least. Yeah. So, and then we're talking about the, the, the robot umps, and if they try to do anything with that, that changes things considerably too. Right, and that's the point. You're not going to go out and sign a guy for three, four years right now to hold down your catcher position because why would no. you? Right. Yeah. And it, it, it circles all the way back to the original conversation, which is how do you spend money and where do you spend money? Because catcher is an obvious hole. But you can't spend too much, can you? And you really can't go get that stud because you – got studs coming you have to wait for them or none of this works it's actually a position where they are in pretty good shape down the road or it appears that they are so it would be the one you would least like like to commit anything to it right right but hey that's got to be it for this week because i've got a whole bunch of songs to sing along to and some beers to drink tonight and i (laughs) I'm really excited and uh, going to Billy Joel at PNC tonight. Total surprise. And I'm really pumped. So James, how do people get a hold of you brother? And thank you for making it. I know it was difficult. Thanks for for, uh, letting me in today. (laughs) Uh, Jay Littleton 42 at Twitter and on Facebook, James Littleton. I'm in all the pirates groups Um, spreading my gloom and doom. (laughs) Thanks brother. (laughs) Jim, how do we yeah. get a hold of you, brother? So uh, it's all Pittsburgh all the time. It's for the city underscore 412 or at Jim Stam 22. We're not going to have James on probably, you know, before the backyard brawl. So I'm going to put him on the spot right now. And I want a prediction. I want that Pitt, West Virginia backyard brawl prediction right now, dude. 3120 Pitt. All right. You heard it right here. He's I a realist. I, I have no faith in Neil Brown. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know yeah. what? It's going to be an awesome game, awesome time. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Rivalries are weird. And speaking of backyard brawl, I should probably mention I got a new podcast going on here on the site. Uh, it comes up every Sunday afternoon. It is the Reborn 
H2P podcast on DK Pittsburgh Sports. And it's with my new friend, Corey Crisson. He is the beat writer for Pitt Athletics over at DK Pittsburgh Sports. And uh, we're going to be bringing that to you every week through training camp. We just got started with the first episode last week. Plan to do it all season long. And yes, we're going to talk basketball too. We're going to talk as many sports as we can pretend we know about. And <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. So join us if you can. Until next week, hey Ben, take it away. Get your butt!